Section four of Tales of a Wayside Inn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. Tales of a Wayside Inn by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Section four. The Musician's Tale. The Saga of King Olaf. One. The Challenge of Thor. I am the god Thor. I am the war god. I am the thunderer. Here in my northland, my fastness and fortress, reign I for ever. Here amid icebergs rule I the nations. This is my hammer, Mjolnir the mighty. Giants and sorcerers cannot withstand it. These are the gauntlets wherewith I wield it, and hurl it afar off. This is my girdle. Whenever I brace it, strength is redoubled. The light thou beholdest streams through the heavens, In flashes of crimson, Is but my red beard blown by the night wind, Affrighting the nations. Jove is my brother, Mine eyes are the lightning, The wheels of my chariot roll in the thunder, The blows of my hammer ring in the earthquake. Force rules the world still, has ruled it, shall rule it. Meekness is weakness, strength is triumphant. Over the whole earth still is it Thor's day. Thou art a god too, O Galilean, and thus single-handed unto the combat, gauntlet or gospel, here I defy thee. 2. King Olaf's Return and King Olaf heard the cry, saw the red light in the sky, laid his hand upon his sword as he leaned upon the railing, and his ships went sailing, sailing northward into Drontheim fjord. There he stood as one who dreamed, and the red light glanced and gleamed on the armour that he wore, and he shouted as the rifted streamers o'er him shook and shifted, I accept thy challenge, Thor! To avenge his father slain, and reconquer realm and reign, came the youthful Olaf home. Through the midnight, sailing, sailing, listening to the wild winds wailing, and the dashing of the foam. To his thoughts the sacred name of his mother, Astrid, came, and the tale she oft had told of her flight by secret passes through the mountains and morasses, to the home of Hakon old. Then strange memories crowded back of Queen Gunhild's wrath and rack, and a hurried flight by sea of grim Vikings and their rapture in the sea-fight, and the capture and the life of slavery. How a stranger watched his face in the Esthonian market-place, scanned his features one by one, saying, We should know each other, I am Sigurd, Astrid's brother, thou art Olaf, Astrid's son. Then, as Queen Alogia's page, old in honours, young in age, chief of all her men-at-arms, till vague whispers, and mysterious, reached King Valdemar, the imperious, filling him with strange alarms. Then his cruisings o'er the seas, westward to the Hebrides, and to Scilly's rocky shore, and the hermit's cavern dismal, 
Christ's great name and rites baptismal in the ocean's rush and roar. All these thoughts of love and strife glimmered through his lurid life as the stars in tenser light through the red flames o'er him trailing as his ships went sailing, sailing northward in the summer night. Trained for either camp or court, skilful in each manly sport, young and beautiful and tall, art of warfare, craft of chases, swimming, skating, snowshoe races, excellent alike in all. When at sea with all his rowers, he along the bending oars outside of his ship could run. He the smell-sore horn ascended, and his shining shield suspended on its summit like a sun. On the ship-rails he could stand, wield his sword with either hand, and at once two javelins throw. At all feasts where ale was strongest sat the merry monarch longest, first to come and last to go. Norway never yet had seen one so beautiful of mien, one so royal in attire, when in arms completely furnished, harness gold inlaid and burnished, mantle like a flame of fire. Thus came Olaf to his own, when upon the night wind blown passed that cry along the shore, and he answered while the rifted streamers o'er him shook and shifted, I accept thy challenge, Thor. 3. Thora of Rimmel Thora of Rimmel, hide me, hide me, danger and shame and death betide me, for Olaf the king is hunting me down, through field and forest, through thorpe and town. Thus cried Jarl Hakon to Thora, the fairest of women. Hakon Jarl, for the love I bear thee, neither shall shame nor death come near thee. But the hiding-place wherein thou must lie is the cave underneath the swine in the sty. Thus to Jarl Hakon said Thora, the fairest of women. So Hakon Jarl and his base thrall Karka crouched in the cave, than a dungeon darker, as Olaf came riding with men in mail through the forest roads into Orkadale, demanding Jarl Hakon of Thora, the fairest of women. Rich and honoured shall be whoever the head of Hakon Jarl shall dissever. Hakon heard him, and Karka, the slave, through the breathing-holes of the darksome cave. Alone in her chamber wept Thora, the fairest of women. Said Karka, the crafty, I will not slay thee, for all the king's gold I will never betray thee. Then why dost thou turn so pale, O churl, and then again black as the earth? said the earl. More pale and more faithful was Thora, the fairest of women. From a dream in the night the thrall started, saying, Round my neck a gold ring King Olaf was laying, and Hakon answered, Beware of the king, he will lay round thy neck a blood-red ring. At the ring on her finger gazed Thora, the fairest of women. At daybreak slept Hakon, with sorrows encumbered, but screamed and drew up his feet as he slumbered, the thrall in the darkness plunged with his knife, and the earl awakened no more 
in this life. But wakeful and weeping sat Thora, the fairest of women. At Nidarholm the priests are all singing, two ghastly heads on the gibbet are swinging, one is Jarl Hakon's and one is his thralls, and the people are shouting from windows and walls, while alone in her chamber swoons Thora, the fairest of women. 4. Queen Sigrid the Haughty Queen Sigrid the Haughty sat proud and aloft in her chamber that looked over meadow and croft. Hearts, dearest, why dost thou sorrow so? The floor with tassels of fur was besprent, filling the room with their fragrant scent. She heard the birds sing, she saw the sunshine, the air of summer was sweeter than wine. Like a sword without scabbard the bright river lay, between her own kingdom and Norway. But Olaf the king had sued for her hand, the sword would be sheathed, the river be spanned. Her maidens were seated around her knee, working bright figures in tapestry and one was singing the ancient rune of Brunhilda's love and the wrath of Gudrun. And through it and round it and over it all sounded incessant the waterfall. The queen in her hand held a ring of gold from the door of Laid's temple old. King Olaf had sent her this wedding gift, but her thoughts as arrows were keen and swift. She had given the ring to her goldsmith's twain, who smiled as they handed it back again. And Sigrid the queen, in her haughty way, said, Why do you smile, my goldsmiths, say? And they answered, O queen, if the truth must be told, the ring is of copper, and not of gold. The lightning flashed o'er her forehead and cheek, she only murmured, she did not speak. If in his gifts he can faithless be, there will be no gold in his love to me. A footstep was heard on the outer stair, and in strode King Olaf with royal air. He kissed the queen's hand, and he whispered of love, and swore to be true as the stars are above. But she smiled with contempt as she answered, O king, will you swear it, as Odin once swore, on the ring? And the king O oh, speak not of Odin to me, the wife of King Olaf a Christian must be. Looking straight at the king with her level brows, she said, I keep true to my faith and my vows. Then the face of King Olaf was darkened with gloom. He rose in his anger and strode through the room. Why then should I care to have thee, he said, a faded old woman, a heathenish jade? His zeal was stronger than fear or love and he struck the queen in the face with his glove. Then forth from the chamber in anger he fled, and the wooden stairway shook with his tread. Queen Sigrid the haughty said under her breath, This insult, King Olaf, shall be thy death. Heart's dearest, why dost thou sorrow so? 5. The Skerry of Shrieks Now from all King Olaf's farms his men-at-arms gathered on the eve of Easter to his house at Angvaldsness. Fast they press, drinking with the royal feaster. 
loudly through the wide-flung door came the roar of the sea upon the skerry and its thunder loud and near reached the ear mingling with their voices merry hark said olaf to his scald halfred the bald listen to that song and learn it half my kingdom would i give as i live if by such songs you would earn it for of all the runes and rhymes of all times best i like the ocean's dirges when the old harper heaves and rocks his hoary locks flowing and flashing in the surges halfred answered i am called the unappalled nothing hinders me or daunts me hearken to me then o king while i sing the great ocean song that haunts me i will hear your song sublime some other time says the drowsy monarch yawning and retires each laughing guest applauds the jest then they sleep till day is dawning pacing up and down the yard king olaf's guard saw the sea mist slowly creeping o'er the sands and up the hill gathering still round the house where they were sleeping it was not the fog he saw nor misty floor that above the landscape brooded it was avind calder's crew of warlocks blue with their caps of darkness hooded round and round the house they go weaving slow magic circles to encumber and imprison in their ring olaf the king as he helpless lies in slumber then athwart the vapours done the easter sun streamed with one broad track of splendour in their real forms appeared the warlocks weird awful as the witch of endor blinded by the light that glared they groped and stared round about with steps unsteady from his window olaf gazed and amazed who are these strange people said he avind kelder and his men answered then from the yard a sturdy farmer while the men-at-arms apace filled the place busily buckling on their armour from the gates they sallied forth south and north scoured the island coast around them seizing all the warlock band foot and hand on the skerry's rocks they bound them and at eve the king again called his train and with all the candles burning silent sat and heard once more the sullen roar of the ocean tides returning shrieks and cries of wild despair filled the air growing fainter as they listened then the bursting surge alone sounded on thus the sorcerers were christened sing o scald your song sublime your ocean rhyme cried king olaf it will cheer me said the scald with pallid cheeks the skerry of shrieks sings too loud for you to hear me six the wraith of odin the guests were loud the ale was strong king olaf feasted late and long the hoary scalds together sang o'erhead the smoky rafters rang dead rides sir morton of fogelsang the door swung wide with creak and din a blast of cold night air came in 
and on the threshold shivering stood a one-eyed guest with cloak and hood dead rides sir morton of fogelsang the king exclaimed o oh, greybeard pale come warn thee with this cup of ale the foaming draught the old man quaffed the noisy guests looked on and laughed dead rides sir morton of fogelsang then spake the king be not afraid sit here by me the guest obeyed and seated at the table told tales of the sea and sagas old dead rides sir morton of fogelsang and ever when the tale was o'er the king demanded yet one more till sigurd the bishop smiling said tis late o king and time for bed dead rides sir morton of fogelsang the king retired the stranger guest followed and entered with the rest the lights were out the pages gone but still the garrulous guest spake on dead rides sir morton of fogelsang as one who from a volume reads he spake of heroes and their deeds of lands and cities he had seen and stormy gulfs that tossed between dead rides sir morton of fogelsang then from his lips in music rolled the havamal of odin old with sounds mysterious as the roar of billows on a distant shore dead rides sir morton of fogelsang do we not learn from runes and rhymes made by the gods in elder times and do not still the great scalds teach that silence better is than speech dead rides sir morton of fogelsang smiling at this the king replied thy lore is by thy tongue belied for never was i so enthralled either by sagaman or scald dead rides sir morton of fogelsang the bishop said late hours we keep night wanes o king tis time for sleep then slept the king and when he woke the guest was gone the morning broke dead rides sir morton of fogelsang they found the doors securely barred they found the watch-dog in the yard there was no footprint in the grass and none had seen the stranger pass dead rides sir morton of fogelsang king olaf crossed himself and said i know that odin the great is dead sure is the triumph of our faith the one-eyed stranger was his wraith dead rides sir morton of fogelsang end of section 4 of tales of a wayside inn